So I started this um, museum, the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry, back in 2012 because nobody stopped me. And so I figured that that Bill, that's kind of what's happened with this podcast, isn't it? Right, exactly. No one, you know, you invited me, and I thought about it, and I almost almost backed out. It was almost like someone threw a hot coal in my lap, and I thought, get it off me, get it off. Then I thought, wait a minute, it's not that hot. I think I can handle it. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, here we are sitting with the hot coals, <laughs> and let's let's go. Week two, week episode two. two. Week two, we did it. We you know, we survived it. My anxiety <laughs> was through the roof, and uh, you know I had to go take a Valium afterward, and I'm okay now. You know, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> right. Well, it was exciting. We had fun doing that first episode, and this is going to be a really cool episode two. Agreed. We've got a Agreed. different poem, and just to just to recap, we're doing a a podcast from the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry. And this is an interactive museum, and there's all kinds of things that people write on the walls and the ceilings and the floors and the bathrooms, and they leave them here for us to read. In the cool little hamlet of Locust Grove, Oklahoma. Yeah. One of the coolest places on earth. And so we pick one of those every week, and uh, we take one of those poems, and we make that the highlight of our 30-minute podcast. And, Sean, I wanted to ask you before we get started, you know, I, I read the poem, and I really, you you give me a choice, and I, I chose one of the two that I thought was really very nice. But what made you choose this particular, I always wonder, why do you choose this, uh, why did you choose this poem? That's so interesting to me. Okay, well, let, let's read the poem, and then we'll, we'll talk about that a all little right, bit. All right, all right. <clears throat> it's actually in an exhibit in the in the, in the museum in the main room that is full of dandelion photographs by local artist Sula Robertson and the prompt is to um, wish upon a puffball wish upon the dandelion and write about something and so here is one that's written on an index card one of the poems one of the wishes I wish I wish I was a pretty girl in the big city looking at the stars, admiring their beauty, hoping, wishing I could be a star as well. Yeah, I thought that was really kind of a sweet, a sweet, you know, uh, last week we, we spoke about something very deep. Yes. You know, the, the flatulation <laughs> of canines. Yes. And this week is kind of different, uh, <laughs> as appropriately different. They're both four-letter words. They're both for us. Fart, star. Fart and star. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that would be a good band name, wouldn't it? But... Um, <laughs> I, I just I, I found you know I found this to be really kind of a, almost a lamenting kind of a could be a constellation the fart star fart star yeah yeah isn't that there's this in there a song by Crosby Stills and Nash called Dark Star am I am fart I mistaken star, I'm not sure I, oh well okay star. you know here here are the here are the okay. trains left the track again I'll get back to this one but I think it's really <laughs> I assume it's a young woman I I was thinking about this and I thought you mm -hmm. know what I shouldn't assume anything this could actually be a young man or a young woman who knows you know we do. We, you know, I want to be I want to be gender neutral. Okay. My assumption, mm -hmm. but I felt like you know this could be one of my nieces or one of my great nieces. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one of the things I was thinking about is you know uh, of course I want to solve everything. Like why do you not think you're a pretty young person? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just I think to myself you know maybe this is just someone who's coming into their own yeah. and um, this is this is their wish that they know they will grow into one day perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's. It's a wish. I mean, I remember having this wish, and it's a wish from a girl. Well, I assume she lives here in Locust Grove, a little town of 1400, where the museum right here is at the bottom of Delaware uh, Street, Delaware and Maine. And at the top of this street, I grew up. 
I used to sit on the roof of my house up there on Delaware Street, about 100 yards from where we're sitting right now, and write poems and tuck them under the ceiling tiles. Oh, cool. And wish. Yeah. Wish I was somewhere else, too. Now, are those poems still there, or is some roofer going to be finding these and then making a mint off of your writings, perhaps? <laughs> it's or? been a long time. I bet they've re-roofed it since they re then. They've re-roofed it. Yes. Some of, instead of finding pennies, they find poems. Yes. I mean, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is a poem that is seemingly simple. You know, I wish I was a pretty girl in the big city, looking at the stars, admiring their beauty, Hoping, wishing, I could be a star as well. It's deceptively simple, though, mm -hmm, because right. there's a lot going on in the poem just below the surface, and there's a lot going on with the word star. Right. Um, because, right. you know, there's there's so many meanings of star. I right. mean, I'm starstruck by podcasts. That's why one of the reasons why I wanted to do this one. Right, right. I had never thought of that. It could be a, a, a celebrity type of a star or a yeah. celestial type of a star. Yes. So there is a little bit of a mystery here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I assume that she wants to be a celestial star. That's what I'm thinking. You know, like, mm -hmm. I can't say Pluto any longer. Pluto's been kicked off of the planet, but I guess it's a star or something. <laughs> I need to brush up on my astrology. <laughs> Astronomy. But, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's the irony in the poem, too, because she says that she wishes she was in the big city, but she's admiring the star's beauty. Well, when you're in the city, you don't see the stars true. like yeah. you do when you're out in the country. Well, that's true. Yeah. Or even in a small town. Right. So her view is pretty bright. Right, right. So they're either obliterated by the light of the city or mm -hmm. by the pollution emitted from the city. Mm -hmm. Right. Under that, um, in, in my home city, Albuquerque, what's interesting about that is when you come over the West Mesa heading down, in the valley are the lights of the city, and above are the stars above the sky. So mm -hmm. not from the city, but heading west down into the city, you can see just, it's almost like a mere reflection from up and above. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of cool, but if you're in the city, you certainly cannot see the stars. That's so, probably one reason why I was sitting on the roof. Is sitting I was on the probably roof. looking at the stars. Too. And listening to James Taylor up on the roof. Yeah. You know, yeah. there we go. Mm -hmm. With our music. I'm not sure how I got up there either. I don't remember climbing the ladder. I was probably just from a chair or something. Oh, I'm sure you, it was you probably seem, dangerous. You pretty dexterous. I'm sure you probably, you know. But I had a character I had created back then. Her name was, don't laugh, Sunny Sonello. Sunny Sonello. Yes. Isn't that's that a star's name? That is a star's name. That's a 12-year-old's version of a star's Sunny's? name. Yeah. Yeah. She Were was, you a fair, fan of Sunny and Cher? Yeah, she was Did a charitable kind of... rock star. <laughs> right. She would do all kinds of uh, shows and would go anywhere in the world and would say yes to anybody as long as they gave money to a certain charity. That yeah. Well, she she was very uh, uh, how do I say she, philanthropic, <laughs> you know, to, to be a young starlet. You know, yeah. she had a very philanthropic soul. Yes. You know, yes. Uh. I would go to uh, sleep at night dreaming about her. Yeah. She was my star. I'm surprised I haven't heard any poems on this on this person. Surely there are some somewhere. I wrote yeah. some stories about her, but they they, they did not survive. Well, the you years. Know, we'll have to have Sunny meet Cheyenne, Princess of Venus. Oh yeah, and then we'll have to uh, they'll oh, have yeah. to solve some celestial crises of the stars. See where I'm going here? Well, Venus stars, Sunny. They'll have Cheyenne. to have a dialogue. There we go. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh my. A dialogue of the stars. The word star. Is um, comes from a proto 
Indo-European word. Interesting. I'm not sure how to pronounce it because proto means it's sort of made up. It's hypothetical. I'm right. not really sure what it sounded like. But it was something like hooster, meaning to burn. To burn. And yeah. it, term, it, it melted it down to a four-letter word, star. That's right. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Do you, you ever wonder how the name, for, the name for celebrity or a famous person got to be star? You know, when did that occur? 20s, 30s? You know, I don't know if my grandmother knew what a star was at, as a star. It was actually 1824. 18, oh, you know, I should have known Sean would know the answer to this. So, um, you know, I know who my lifeline on uh, on who wants to be a millionaire is going to be. So here we go. Right. How interesting is that? <clears throat> yeah. When it was known as the, the lead performer in the show, it was 1824. 1824, That's people. That's what I found out, yeah. We're going to be quizzed on this. Now. Okay. So everybody's read Romeo and Juliet, mm -hmm. and you know how Shakespeare calls them star-crossed lovers. Star-crossed, right. Yeah, so that idea of coming from the astrological sense that the stars, you know, the planets and the alignment of the and galaxies the and things out there in the yes. 13th century. That, when the moon that, is in the seventh house, yes, and Jupiter aligns with Mars, and peace will guide the planets, and love will steer the stars. Q Marilyn, Q Marilyn McCoo. <laughs> uh, well, that meaning <clears throat> uh, star-crossed, ill-fated. You know, ill so that's from the, distant, the 13th century. Yeah. Destined for ill-fate. Yes. I was wanted to ask you, Sean. Um, this poem is also about fate, too. Fate. Yeah. But also, she talks about you know, I wish I, uh, beauty, and beauty is something that I, I don't know if anyone's ever asked you this. I'll put you on the spot because you know I'll be the educator. What is beauty? <laughs> What is beauty? Have you, you know what? This is interesting because you know you can ask people, 100 people, what is beauty? Mm -hmm. You'll get 100 different answers, and it's so subjective. And I've often thought, you know, beauty is culturally different in every country, every culture. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious what you know. I think the main definition I'd put on that is integrity. Integrity. As long as you, you know, whoever you are, if you are able to live your integrity, then that's beautiful you are beautiful you're and beautiful. you're able to live a beautiful life and that stays with, with you integrity your, and that stays with you your entire life because whereas physical beauty changes with uh, with with uh, so many so many people your your appearance changes integrity hopefully will not ever change um someone someone with integrity no that's, yeah. a, that's, that's the point of it the point. you know what makes you whole yeah I'll, when i think of beauty and, and and as it pertains to what i perceive beauty to be it's um it's perception and when I notice the littlest of things, um, and this is going to sound so corny, but when I'm like when I was walking my dogs and we were walking through a field, so and there nothing was, wrong with corny. Well, corny, yeah, corny's good. Corny's good, but you know, and I noticed carnies, carnies not so much. Carnies, carnies, carnies are scary. Yeah. Carnies are scary, especially the sideshows. But corny, corny's good. And I noticed this little, I'm going to call it a little flitting of uh, butterflies, uh, purple hair streaks, and they were in a group kind of trying to catch each other six or seven or eight and I stopped the dogs and sat down on the grass and watched these butterflies for a while and I thought this is the epitome of beauty to me mm -hmm. and I thought this is just the noticing of the minute and something not everyone else would notice and it just seemed like it stopping to notice the most intricate and small smallest of details to me well, is the epitome of beauty well and what you just defined was poetry too that is what poetry is is to be in the present to be in, in the, the now to be aware of your surroundings without right. artifice right. you know with without uh, your all the little monkey brain 
um, telling you to, to think and be and do and right. look beyond and look into the past, but being right there. And again, that's that's what this poem is about. This poem is about the moment. This poem is about, you know, what I am right now. Of course, it's looking toward the future and wishing uh, for something beyond, but it's 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 in the present. And that's you asked me why I picked it. There's a definition that Emily Dickinson has of poetry, and it's something about if you her definition of poetry when she reads something and it feels as if the top of her head is coming off. I remember you. She po- knows yeah. that. I remember that's you a posted point. that a while back, yeah. and I thought that was horrifying to me because I felt myself <laughs> getting scalped, and I thought, wait a minute, I don't think she means that exactly. But I thought, yeah, yeah, um, that's just lightning. It just really. It elicits uh, um, a, a reaction, mm-hmm. it just uh, a visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. That stuck with me. Correct, <clears throat> yeah. And Wordsworth's definition of poetry was it's emotion recollected in tranquility. And again, that's kind of what this poem is about, too. When you sit down in a, a quiet moment and think about the things that really are pressing upon you and mm-hmm. on, on your emotions and your feelings. And right. uh, you, you write about those things, and the emotion comes out. You don't write about the emotion. I mean, that's the the main misconception that people have about poetry. You know, so many people think, well, poetry is about pouring out your emotions. Well, it's not. It's about recollecting an experience and evoking those emotions in others. And exactly. so this little poem, yeah. when I saw it hanging on the wall, it evoked the emotion in me that made me want to use it for this segment. But this young person, do you wonder why he she thinks she's not beautiful? She, I wish I was beautiful. And I thought, you know, um, I wonder why your perception of yourself is that you are not beautiful. Because there'll come a time when this person looks in the mirror and, and realizes, hey, I'm all right. I think I'm pretty. I think I'm. I think I pass. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think I'm beautiful. And that's the key is time because. Um, Many of us, especially young girls, go through that phase of, I am not pretty, I am not valuable, I'm not worthy, and uh, and hopefully they have a strong support system and they get past that phase and Certainly. And it, grow. is it, you know, you're right, I think it is more um, uh, prolific in young women or girls than boys, um, and I just, I'm not quite sure why that is. I, I know that... Uh, in the news lately, you know, there's there's um, a lot of talk with social media and how perceptions of young, how it affects perceptions of young women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, there's certain, you know, and everything is so photoshopped. No one looks like anything they're posting anyway. <laughs> I, you and I are so lucky. We didn't grow up with uh, social media. And we didn't I have thought this you were going to say you and I are so lucky. We're so beautiful. We're so well, and we're know, beautiful. We are beautiful. <laughs> but we, I didn't want to say that. That's a little. I don't want to be vain. To quote, Car- to quote Carly Simon. You know, uh, Sean, you're so vain. But no, no, I'm not Mick Jagger. <laughs> but um, was it, it Mick Jagger? Who was she talking about? No, she was talking about Warren Beatty. She, she, no, I don't know. Okay, let me help you here because <laughs> I know music, as I've said. Um, Mick Jagger singing background vocals, and you're so vain. And yes, it's the thinly veiled dig at uh, at Warren Beatty because you know that that darn I almost said another word that darn <laughs> ascot was apricot, and who wears an apricot ascot? You know, that's what I want to know. But um, I have any idea what you're talking about. It's the lyrics for your Sylvain. You know, you walked into a party, you know, okay. like you were walking onto a yacht. I know. I started your that. Your scarf I strategically dipped below one eye. Your hat strate- strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. Wait, you're going to get us in trouble with copyright I'm people. sorry. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Let me say that backward. I but, could edit that out. 
But I just, um, <laughs> I was just thinking about how you know it, it, this seems to be more of a of a of a of a is it more of a girl's issue than a boy's issue? You know, I wish I was beautiful. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a pondering. It's a ponder. Okay. I'm saying <clears throat> about this poem also is thank you very much for the the person who who left this in there for us to read is you know like i said it was decept it's deceptively simple it does have off rhymes that are wonderful i think city and beauty i think is a wonderful rhyme and i also think girl and well rhymes two off rhymes it's a wonderful lyric poem and it reminds me of a quote by Sylvia Plath. She said in 1962, poetry, I feel, is a tyrannical discipline. You've got to go so far, so fast, in such a small space, you've got to burn away all the peripherals. Interesting. Interesting. So see, this poem burns away all the peripherals. Mm -hmm. It's almost like entering the atmosphere mm -hmm. and burning off the peripheral. Yeah. And you know what so, I found interesting too about her use of the word peripheral there? It wasn't had never been used before. Interesting. Like she was using it right. as something that, you know, um something that's beyond your field of vision. Right. I even right. looked that up and Merriam Webster said the first known use of the noun like that was nineteen sixty six. Now that you know I forgot about her in nineteen sixty two. You and I might know more about that wearing glasses because I remember my eye exams, oh, yeah. you know, can you see this in your peripheral vision? And I was mm -hmm. as a as a youngster I was like, uh I you know, I don't know if I have a peripheral. But it is interesting, you know. I find it very interesting. Yeah, right? I mean, un unfortunately, she wasn't able to burn away the peripherals. So, and know, I, she, I yeah. had written something, Sean, years ago, and it pertains to this a little bit. Um, and I was wanting to share it. And it's, it, it's. I want to know your, your opinion of what I wrote because it kind of relates to to this as well as you know. Uh, Okay. The upcoming drum situation that will be happening at the museum. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'll try to read it without – last week when I read my poem, I said black blat. There's no such thing as black blats. It was a black <laughs> bat. So anyway, this, I don't, this does not even have a name. I'll let you, you title it, Sean. But I'll read it. I find myself – Would you yes. have a baby and not name it? No. Well – Title your poem. I will title this poem. Thank you. I'm, I feel like I've been chastised, and I, I will try to correct that. I apologize. You know, I, I wrote this down very quickly years ago. Would you also would you name a baby unnamed? You know, that's like something that a celebrity or a star would do. I don't. Not to get back to our. I don't our, understand why people write poems and they just call them unnamed. Untitled. Yeah, unnamed and and unnamed. That's it's, it's almost it's better to have an anonymous poem than an unnamed. It's just freaking lazy. Yeah, we didn't mean to use a yes word, folks. Sorry about that. But, um, <laughs> but I would like to know your opinion of this because I feel like you and I fit into this category, okay. Sean. I find myself thinking the creative, the weird, the offbeat, the nonconformist, the left of center, the eccentric, the artist, the poet, the glitterers, the designers, the musicians, and all of those who only think they are not beautiful because in truth they simply haven't looked in the correct mirror. And they beat the drum that makes everyone else secretly want to dance. Wow. So, 
And you wrote that? I wrote that. That's lovely. Well, thank you. Definitely should have a title. Well, I will. I will title this. Okay. You know, maybe we'll have. Yeah, we'll we'll have a title by the time we have a next podcast. Okay. Maybe someone can suggest one. Certainly, I'm open to suggestions. In the comments. There we go. Wherever wherever you find us at, which you can find us on Spotify and WackyPoemLife.com and Podbean.com. We're out there everywhere, and we would love to have your. Um, five star reviews five star. and your comments. Yep. yep. Yeah. Five yep. stars. That's right. That's right. We want. We want. I used to love to get stars on my papers in, in school. I would love a five star review. Do you know when yeah. the first use of um, <clears throat> teachers putting stars as rewards for good students was? I. 1842. <laughs> is that correct? Was that is that the correct answer? Wasn't that what we said? <laughs> it was actually not till the 1970s. Nine, nine, and what did the was, poor children do before then when they did such a good job? And, I remember, and they didn't get a star. I, I, you know, green stars were not as good as gold stars. We had we had we had like this color level: green, blue, red, silver, and gold. Yeah. Gold was the gold star was the best. Yeah. And, you know, the green what was star the green, was the green. The green least. was sort of like you know you just weren't barely acceptable work. And I didn't wonderful. like to get a green star. You know, so <laughs> yeah, it, that, I, that very vivid memories of, of stars on on my papers. And I'm not sure if is that such a good. You're, Sean, you're a teacher. Is that such a good idea to be giving that sort of you know re, uh, reward system? I suppose it yes, is. Yes, I okay. agree wholeheartedly. Oh, okay. right. You you got to motivate. Especially a teenager, any yeah. way you can. Yeah, I was the nerdy one that liked to read and stood up and read and read and read, and then it's, people were saying, "Sit down, you know, <laughs> sit down already. We know you can read." <laughs> I got a joke for you, Bill. All right. Why did the Star Wars movies come out in the sequence four, five, six, one, two, three? Four, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah. Why did that they come like out the in hustle. that sequence? That sounds like this. You know, the, there was this uh, dance step. <laughs> We're dancing right now. Four, five, six. Four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Oh my gosh! I'm going to fall right into this, just like that two-legged let dog or whatever it was. Because last week. in charge of sequence, Yoda was. In charge of sequence, Yoda was. He <laughs> always spoke backwards first, and ah, see what you did there. I do. Uh huh. <laughs> there we go. There, write these down, people. <laughs> oh my. Do you know what the parent responded to the child that said? was just really realistically asking a scientific question. How does a star die? How does a star die? And how did the parent respond? Probably by just saying, by drinking water and eating watercress and not really eating, following a good diet. That's close. <laughs> Usually by an overdose. Over- overdose. Oh, no. We really need that drum. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're not, we're not condoning overdosing people. No. So I will. Rem- I, w- I shall remember that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know um, what the what the name is for a a person who is a is a star? This isn't a joke, uh, but what the what the there's a woman's name and it means star. Star. Uh-huh. Oh, I should know this. You know, streetcar uh, named Desire. Yes, Stella. Yeah. Stella. Stella Nova. Stella. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's 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 all I can do for Marvin yeah. Brando there. Uh, yeah, You're yelling in the rain. Yeah, yeah. Stella oh. was the star in the city in that that movie, and here came her sister along, Blanche Dubois. Stella is Stella star, and is that Italian? Stella Aren't for you? star. Okay. Uh, maybe now I don't know. You know, it, something it might be. Yeah. Might then, be. then Blanche came along, and her name means white Blanche. woods. Yeah. I knew I knew Blanche and Blanco means yeah. white. You know, um, 
that was one thing, you know, growing up in New Mexico, we had to learn second language early in elementary school. Nothing better. My gosh, I remember, you know, I, I was fairly conversive and then I slipped away. But colors, numbers, how to ask basic questions. You know, I wish we still did that. But, um, yeah, I remember. Blanco, Negro, Verde, Amarillo, Azul, Rojo. <laughs> Susana is in La Cocina. Susan is in the kitchen, in case anyone needs to know. Donde esta el baño? Where's the bathroom? You'll need that one. Trust me. <laughs> that should be the title of a poem. Susan is in the kitchen. Susan is in the kitchen. Uh, will it work for your poem there? I, you know, with that poem, anything will work. Anything will work with that poem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I did write something down here that it's a, sort of a, a ponderation. And I wrote, because I wanted to know this. Do creative people have the insight as to where to find beauty? Or is everyone secretly creative and just don't know it? What a question. You know, because for someone like me, maybe you, you're able to get three words and write a poem. And I'm like, good night. How does she do that? And I can, you know, create occasionally. Some people seem to have a block. But, you know, I think really some people just haven't tapped into what they can do well. Or they had it squelched. Or squelched. Yeah. because now that's a word. Squelch. That, that is the word. Squelch. Yeah. We have it squelched because everybody has a poet in them that died in their youth. And some of us just are able to resurrect it. I think the same thing is true about artists. I mean, I remember when I was a young child in art class and looking around, everybody, everybody was an artist. Everybody was so good at that. Yeah. And uh, and we all used to be really good, I think, with wordplay, too, and you know, the jump rope rhymes and all kinds of little riddles and nursery rhymes. And we had fun with those and um, get squelched, get right. beat out of us. Right. I think that you should write about that particular line. Everyone has a poet in them that died in their youth. Yeah, somebody said that. I can't remember. Oh, who, though. it's not you. <laughs> oh, ne uh, never mind. I was about to. I was. Uh, I stand corrected. All right. But I thought you know that would be a that would be a great <clears throat> opening line. And some chose to resurrect their, their their inner poet. Others did not. That's right. You know, I you know speaking of that, Khalil uh, Brown. In high school, we had uh, we had uh, quotes under our senior photos, and I wanted to be um, so oh my noble and just mysterious. And Khalid Gibran was one of my favorite poets, and so under my photo, my little with my velvet tie and my ruffles, it says, um, "We're all prisoners, but some of us are in cells with windows and some without." Because to me, it made, it made perfect That's sense. That's incredibly profound. To me, it made perfect sense. And I thought, you know, people are going to say, my gosh, this, this you guy. You need to wear that on your T-shirt. You, you need know, a T-shirt that says Exactly. That. But, you know, and I, the more older I got, the more I thought, how incredibly cheesy. And there was another, my classmate, he had my favorite uh, uh, quote under his. And his was actually a title of a song, but it was so brilliant. And it was Ramble On. You know, I thought that was the most brilliant quote I have ever heard under a. <laughs> Under a photo. That's a song. That's a song by Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Is that? I believe it's Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I'm getting a nod from from Mark. So, <laughs> yeah. So it just. It, Speaking of songs, one of my favorite songs that has um, has to do with the stars is um, is one that has the line. I know someday you'll have a beautiful life. I know you'll be a star in somebody else's sky. Yes. But why? Oh, why? Why <laughs> can it be? No, oh, can it be 
I'm sitting back from the mic when I say that. I hope so. I hope that's not too loud. We're gonna have a battle of the voice here in a minute. Here, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting all here in the back of my neck, standing up. I'm getting all riled up. I'm gonna have to. Okay, uh, would never try to be Eddie Vedder, but that's that's a great line. That's a great song. Right. And it's right. Uh, you know, it's one of the greatest themes of all poetry and all songs. Unrequited love. Unrequited. What, what happens whenever you don't? Get the love you want. That's right. And then the opposite of that is what happens when you get it. Well, what happens when you get it? It turns into <laughs> one of these Hallmark Christmas movies that everyone gets tired of watching because they're on all the time. But you know, it is interesting. Well, it's boring. I mean, when you get your heart's desire, it's boring. Hence the soap opera plots. Yeah. So That's unrequited we, love is much more interesting. Un, un, you're right. It is. It is more interesting because it is unrequited and it's mm-hmm. kind of achy, and you wonder why did it not happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Agreed. And so this poem is um, is. <clears throat> It is some. It's not about unrequited love, unless you're talking about self-love. You know, but unrequited that's unrequited destiny. Because yeah. you know, this person will end up undoubtedly a beautiful woman, and look oh, yeah. back and say, "Why did I ever think I was not?" Well, she's correct. already got everything going for her right now because she's writing about this. Well, that's exactly she's right. She's thinking about it. Mm-hmm. She's in the moment. She's contemplating. She's willing. I mean, she didn't sign it, and most people don't sign the things they write and leave in the room. Um, but she didn't sign it. But she's willing to to share it with people, and. Um, and let us learn from it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe she's comfortable in the fact that she doesn't think she's beautiful right now. Maybe you know we all go through those stages. But absolutely, mm-hmm. I, I just it, I find it very interesting. There was one other poem I wanted to read, and uh, I'll be quick about it because I, it's it's the flip side of what I think she is saying a little bit, and I just really really stuck out to me. And I this is I don't want to correct what she's saying because what she's saying is correct and true for her. But I would read to her this, and it's called She Flew. Who is it by? It is by uh, um, Terry St. Cloud. And it's it's from a book called Wild Women, W-Y-L-D-E Women, in celebration of the feminine. She flew. Having tired of the negative words, she laid them down. Being finished with the weighted boots, she burned them. Touching a feather to her tears, she slipped on her wings, turned to her sky, and flew. I thought, you know, you know, there we go. You know, one of these days, you know, everyone gets their wings and they learn how to fly. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Right. And that goes great with the dandelion poem anyway, too, because True. the prompt was to wish upon the puffball version of the dandelion, and it uh, your wish is flying through the air. Put a dandelion in your face. What are you going to say? Make a wish. It's almost yeah. like you know, it's 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 instinctive. Correct. Right. Make a wish. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wish that. Everyone enjoyed the show, and uh, that you'll keep listening to us because I think we're we're at the end of our time and gone through this whole uh, poem and and we've analyzed it completely. And yes. I, you know, then where to where to find us? Find you, Sean, and you know, please feel free to contact us and you know, give us constructive criticism. And we look forward to this next week. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Sean. Bye.